Right, we are back, we are back. Another episode of £10 Flow. Music Industry Talks. Let's get this going. Put questions. Right. Right, we're just going to get this going. Back for another episode of Tempo and Flow Music Industry Talks. Remember, this is also a podcast as well, people. So this will be, listen. you can listen back on Spotify, Apple, and yeah, Spotify, Apple, and a few places, all your usual podcast places. Um, I'm excited for the person we got today. I think uh, she's amazing. Like, I've worked with her before, myself. Um, yeah, let's get her on, Mel Rudder. She's requested already. connection mel what's happening uh, your connection is clear is it clear good <laughs> you sounded so like loud and bright and everything you know what because i i literally just as i was uh, i just texted you um right. my, it said no connection i was like uh oh what's going on <laughs> yeah internet's dodgy these days everything's yeah, exactly. fading out how are you doing? Using it. I'm good. I'm good. I've had a I've had a good day today. So um yeah, not every day is a great day, but today was a good day. So, you know, can't complain. I'm here. Yeah, that's How about you? No, I'm good, man. Just cracking on. Like I'm excited to have you on this, you know. Thank you for having this. Yeah, man, we started this during well Tempo and Flow is a live night that I do with two friends. Yeah, I've been to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, you've been, and then we just thought during lockdown we'll do, like we'll do something because obviously no one knows when you could do live nights like again, yeah. probably not this year. And we've had some good people on this, and it's not like for me, it's about helping the next generation. It's not like who I rate or who I like. It's about people taking things away from it, and I think your career and your journey. Like, I'm lucky enough to have worked with you on the Wiley project, but I think people need to need to know what's going on. Do you know what I mean? They need to understand. So I think we'll, we'll get into it. We've got two, we got two live followers right now. We've got two people. Not, not that many people. Where is everyone? I'm sure they're joining anyway. Um, they'll yeah. come. But this is also a podcast anyway. So I did, did I tell you that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because this is on Apple and Spotify and all the usual places, so people can listen back and watch um, when they want to, basically. So, yeah. How how did you get started into? Oh, um, a long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> I always wanted to do music. Um, I think when I was at college, I thought I could sing. I just wasn't good enough. Um, so I, I knew that I wanted to get involved with music, but I didn't know even how to do it or what. And I just wanted to be behind the scenes helping music artists and stuff. So um, 
I, I, I didn't know anyone in music really um, or anything. So my friend introduced me to, um, back in those days, they, um, each of the record labels had a, uh, a street team. So um, each street team would represent the label. So it would be like um, Atlantic Records or BMG at the time. Well, it, that was Sony BMG at the time. Um, that was Def Jam um, UK at the time and places like that. So um, each of those labels had a street team where they'd go out flyering, um, give out flyers um, promoting the artists that were on those labels. Um, we had these massive vans that were wrapped in like the artists promo shots and amazing things like that. And then we would just travel the country in these vans promoting these artists so that we'd, we'd go, you know, from here, from London, we'll leave at like seven o'clock at night and we'll head to, you know, the hot club in Manchester or something uh, yeah. and be flyering outside or we'd have t-shirts on repping the artists or if there was like a concert going on I remember going to a Little Kim concert and you know we all had the Little Kim t-shirts on and we were repping them inside the club and then she took ages to come on and we had to disappear because everyone started to <laughs> started yeah. to started to shout at us to see where she was but um but yeah so so we had an amazing time so that was while I was at uni so at that same time I was studying marketing at uni um so I uh, I finished uni and I was doing the streets Wait, what, what uni was you at Middlesex University all right let's not leave that out <laughs> Middlesex again <laughs> no I said let's not leave it out because it's yeah a, let's not leave it important. Out. yeah the uni experience is important isn't it different people pick different unis but yeah I mean to be honest I actually started at Buckinghamshire University and um in those days they had just started their music industry management course at Buckinghamshire University but I was still That's where in I went, London in oh did, is that where you went okay did you do the music industry yeah. management course yeah so that's yeah, university yeah that's the one um so i went there but i just never used to go i was so bad so basically they kicked me out after the first year um so i had to you know what mums are like they were like you can't be kicked out you need to go and find another university so i was like right let me just go and do marketing as a whole um, so it's a bit broader than just doing music industry, just in case. So I ended up getting my degree in marketing. Um, and at the same time, I was doing the street team stuff in the evening um, or the weekends. Um, so I did that for two years. Um, and then when I finished university, I, um, I went... Uh, th that same company that I was working for at that time, that was East West Records, which is now Atlantic Records. Um, so back in those days, it was um, East West. So when I finished uni, I um, I started to do work experience there during the day um, with the same street team people. The head of street team um, brought me in. Um, during the day so I was doing street team stuff during the day like sending posters out to our teams in Manchester and Birmingham and Scotland 
um, and um, and stuff in envelopes as well with CDs or vinyl, getting those out to the DJs and stuff. So I was working in the club promotions department at the same time. So um, so that was my work experience. So I think I ended up doing work experience for about a year, something like that. Um, and then I got the opportunity um, to work there uh, part-time, I think it was. Um, yeah, so that, that was my way in. So that means that I worked in the club promotions department. And that was to get the music that we were promoting of the label to, um, to those club DJs. So it will be, you know, all those shorty blitz and yeah, yeah. You know, Manny Norte and all those club DJs that were about. I'd, I'd speak to them like on a weekly basis and say, oh, this record is coming out. You need to spin it. I'll send you the CD. I need feedback, all of that kind of stuff. So I did that for um, at, at club promotion. So I worked my, my way up through club promotions um, and then a couple of years later, I, uh, they got rid of the club promotions department uh, right. over at Atlantic. All the labels had a club promotions department. Um, but by this time, it was about radio. It was about, it started to be about digital. Um, mm -hmm. It started to be, you know, YouTube was taken off, all that kind of stuff. So they just didn't think that club promotions was really needed um in-house um yeah. so um i was able to move over to the radio department because by then i had built relationships with some of the club djs and they were also on radio so it just made sense for me to just move into the radio department um so i, I worked at the radio department at atlantic um it changed its name to atlantic records uk um can't even remember what year that was, but I worked there until three years ago, really. Um, so yeah, from a from a from what radio promotions is, I basically get the music on the radio stations um, mm. that you all listen to. So um, my job is to build relationships with all the radio stations. Each radio station has probably has a head of music, um, and they have producers that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, I would talk to the DJs on a regular basis and just build up those relationships. So when yeah. I am sending that, when they are, sorry, just got a WhatsApp. Um, when they are sending me, when I'm sending the music, hopefully they'll, um, they'll uh, open it and check it out and see um, if they're liking it and stuff. So um so that's that's what a radio plugger does um basically so um with the artist i um uh with the artist i'm the one that probably books in all the interviews that they might do um any live sessions that they may do even you know radio drops you know yes. hey, you're listening to da 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 da, da, da on da, da 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 fm um, those are normally organised by me. Um, any any chance to get the record played on the radio is very important. So um, whatever we can do to get those records played, that's what we'll do, really. Um, that's, that's amazing. So you summarised that quite well. 
And um, you talk about Atlantic. I mean, how much? How many years were you at Atlantic? I mean, in Full total, time, I think you still work there, but yeah, in in before I left, I had done um, unofficially sixteen years, um, oh, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, because I started I started there on the street team in two thousand. And then, um, yeah, did work experience and stuff. So all in all, I've been involved with Atlantic Records for 16 years. And now um, I, I have left to set up my own company. Um, but uh, I still very much work with them. St I'm still very much a part of the family. So I'm, I'm about to be in my 20th year of working with um, Warner Music. That's amazing. Crazy. Crazy. That's, 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 that is um, loyalty to the highest <laughs> at one company. Crazy. Crazy. And, so, so oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, been a, it's been a crazy ride, but, you know, it's, it's worked out for me. So, um, and loved every minute of it. And I was going to say, within the journey then, because that's such a long time, what, who... I guess there's loads, but who are the artists you've worked with? You know, what are the campaigns that you can remember or stick out? Like, let's hear some of the stories around that time. Um, I was, when I was um, growing up, I was a massive Missy Elliott fan. A massive. Um, so I think that was one of the key things for me going into the street team. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a little bit nearer to Missy Elliott somehow. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got the opportunity to help promote uh, Missy Elliott um, through the street team stuff um, and club promotion stuff um, and radio promotion stuff as well. So um it like i just think that she's a genius um you know she's incredible and the stuff that she's done um in her career she's broken boundaries you know nobody just looks at her as oh this this amazing producer female like they just look at her as she is just a she is just the producer um she's a writer. She's just a big artist yeah yes, she's an artist like she she does it all um, which is which is incredible. So um, yeah, that that's been a, a real um, great one for me. Um, I uh, started off the Ed Sheeran project uh, when he first started. Um, so when he first um, came in, uh, he had the track the A Team, um, and he had the mixtape that had. Um, you know, lots of the rappers on it and stuff. Um, and nobody knew who the hell he was. You know, he came he came to the office by bus or he went to radio by bus, whatever. Um, you know, he was just a super regular guy and he still very much is a super regular guy. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and that's why I, I respect him so much. But, you know, Ace and Viz um, at the time were the very first people to interview him they made they made his mixtape their mixtape of the week or something like that you know and I remember just walking in you know just just hanging with this little kid and stuff and 
you know, he didn't really know what to say on the radio and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he's, he's done, he's done amazing things over the years, um, obviously. Um, so he's, he's come a long way from that, but, you know, I was able to start off that campaign in terms of getting him, um, to those key DJs and, you know, those key stations like BBC One Extra, you know, Twin B was a massive supporter of him. Ace and Viz were a massive supporter. One Extra, um, had them at, had him at their launch party, um, you know, him performing with just his guitar. And I remember um nobody i think he had a team out that at that time and maybe a couple of others um but there there was the the venue for the one extra launch party or i think it was a relaunch party um it was at what's the place that you do you've done temple and flow right, uh, not hill arts club not in hill arts club so they did it they did it there and he was just on stage and nobody was taking much notice of him and everyone was chatting um and stuff and then suddenly he just thought okay i need to get these people attention let me just jump into the crowd so he jumped into the crowd and and played his guitar right in the middle <laughs> and just blew everyone away like everyone was just like oh where's that guy gone that was on the stage and all of a sudden you just saw him in the middle of the crowd so he knew how to get your attention um and it was great that he was able to do something like the one extra launch party and stuff so um yeah he was great yeah and i'm guessing there must have been some challenges at this time because i guess what i want people to know is back then there wasn't baby black music wasn't so dominating in the charts it wasn't this uk wave i mean how was it back then with radio because i do remember coming into the game myself and there's always this thing of like playlist day made your week <laughs> you know if you, if you if you got radio one you were happy if you didn't you were upset and that was like yeah. a tuesday or wednesday and it seemed yeah. to be this like this this is pre-streaming pre you know spotify apple and it was like the holy grail like if you can't get radio your song's not gonna work or you know how, how was yeah. it then being i mean back, blogger? back then it was very u.s um rap dominated so you know all the stations were just playing us stuff you had the odd um artists from the uk that may have been popping i think you know we had atlantic at that time when it was used to be called east west we had like oxy oxide and neutrino who were yeah. you know a, a bit of something to do with so solid and stuff so you know, um, that that was as black as it got, to be fair, when it came to UK black music for East West. Um, we had a bit of Blazing Squad. Um, <laughs> those days, if you want to, if you want to call those those black music, um, I would probably call them a bit more pop than anything. Um, and then that's it, really. You you might have the odd track that will come through might be a bit of like glamour kid or something like that shola amar or someone like that but other than that not yeah. not a hell of a lot until uh it's only really been quite recently i'll be honest it's it's probably been in the last seven years or something that you know there's been this real push 
on UK music and, you know, only in the last four years that UK music is the dominant music now. You know, if you're a US artist, you know, before when Capital Extra used to be Choice FM, you know, Choice only used to play US stuff and the odd UK uh, big tune. Um, yeah. But other than that, it was all US. It was all Bad Boy. It was all Rockefeller, you know. So so UK music was, was a real... Um, now it's a completely different. If you're UK, you're winning. If you're US, like I struggle with some of my US artists that um, want to come through and I have to tell them, sorry, but UK um, is dominating. That makes me feel secretly good. But, you know, <laughs> for, the, for them, for, for our US roster, for my US roster as well, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to hear, um, really. But it's, it's amazing for us. It's it's yeah. brilliant. So, um, but yeah, that's just how it goes. And I guess so. We've doing well at Atlantic, and you know you're working these amazing projects. What then makes you want to leave and basically spread your wings and take on the world? <laughs> your own that's it, that's exactly what it was. I needed to spread my wings. I had been there for sixteen years, um, and you know, yes, it's great being at a massive label and everything, but there was only so much that I could do um, over at a major label. You know, I wanted to do, um, I wanted to look after more stations. I wanted to, you know, have that more independence, um, you know, so, and I, and I want, I had a real passion for black music and it was, it was amazing to work the stuff that, we had over Atlantic three, four years ago. So it would have been um, Western or Mahalia, um, you know, and those kind of artists, but I wanted more. I wanted, I wanted all of my stuff to be um, my choice. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've always had this passion for black music. So um, the only way I, I can't, I can't force A&Rs to only sign uh, the stuff that I'm into, you know, I, it would be my label if that if that was the case. But you know, so so it was important for me to just find. I just needed to find my voice. I needed to find. Um, I need. I needed to get confidence in myself um, to do it and and spread my wings. So you know, it was daunting. It was scary. I was like. I don't really know what I do, even though I'd been doing plugging for yeah. in some capacity, whether it was street plugging or uh, club plugging or radio plugging. I'd been doing that for 16 years. I was like, I know the music industry. I know it by heart now. You can't tell me nothing about the music industry. I know it all. And I came, I left the label and I had to learn all over again. I had to learn the whole process, like working with, all the independent acts that I got to work with, you know, working with different labels, um, working with smaller labels rather than a big Atlantic machine. It was like learning the music industry all over again, the processes of how it all works, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So um, 
I think for the first year of me uh, becoming freelance and going independent, um, I had to learn a hell of a lot all over again. So it's never it's never easy when you start. If if it's easy, there's something wrong. I think, mm. you know, um, even even you know when you have your own business and setting up your own accounting stuff and you know just doing stuff for yourself. I'm so used to just <laughs> getting that check at the end of every month, um, yeah. and you know I'm I'm good. Oh, I didn't get that on the playlist, but it's fine because I'm got that check at the end of the month like it doesn't work in freelance like that um really so you know I, I i i just had to adjust everything that i did and how i worked um and things like that and you know my my time my time is even more precious than it was before um, yes. <laughs> because you know, when it's your own business, you want to put your heart and soul and 100% in there. Um, but that's, that's, you've also got to do the job. You've got to, you know, when, when I had a, when I had a boss before, he would do all the meetings with all the managers. Um, he would do all the meetings with all the label heads. He would do all the meetings the, the meetings that needed to be done. And then I could go, just concentrate on doing the plugin. But when you do in your own business, I now have to uh, pitch for work. Um, I have to do all my plugin. Um, I have to do all my accounting. I have to do, um, you know, speak to all the managers, speak to all the labels that I work with. You know, <laughs> it's just me, myself. But when it's, when it's something um, that's your own, it means so much more. So you're you're putting the work um, to make that happen. I think. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, yeah. I think it's amazing to hear you speak about like having to learn again because I personally think we never stop learning in the music industry. Like in, oh. you know, we we if we do it all, or if we could predict the future we'd you know <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't be doing it day to day and like you just you just learn so much so it's interesting to hear even with all that experience that you spread your wins and then you've had to like just spend time learning and learning how you're gonna I guess put a system in place and cope with things and everything like that and yeah it's been crazy and and also at, at the same time um uh, me and my friends that worked at, all worked at Warner at the same time, we said, okay, let's set up our own management company um, and yeah. record label. So all that I had to all learn, you know, because yeah. I had no idea what half of the stuff that managers do. I just thought that they just did the artist diary and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, they let, they let any managers hear that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> That is funny. Sorry, I managers, mean... love you all. Um, but yeah, I wish you that... should talk about that. So that's Salute the Sun. So that's Salute the Sun, uh, record label and management company. So um, I set that up with um, two other uh, girls that worked at Warner Music with me. Um, so, um, and we've all got different experience in 
in labels um, and our careers. So obviously I've done the, did the plug-in promotions route. Um, one of them is a marketing crazy extraordinaire. Um, one of them is, you know, she's amazing with all of her admin stuff and, you know, she did artist relations. Um, so she's great at putting events together and organizing things like she just, just puts us together basically. Um, so it, it just worked really well in terms of the three of us. So, and we just wanted to get our passion of music back. Um, because sometimes when you're in a label and you're trying to do the whole business thing and you're looking at an artist and immediately if, if I see an artist now, um, I'm going to start thinking with my radio head and I'm going to be like, well, where do you sit? Do you sit at one extra or do you sit at six music or, you know, sometimes you just want your love of music back. Um, so we just yeah. wanted to find artists that we were super passionate about. Um, so we went on the hunt f three years ago, uh, three and a half years ago, something like that to just find some talent. And, you know, we've found some super great artists that we're really excited about. And we, you know, it, it, we're working them. Uh, they're happy to work with us, we think. Um, mm. and you know, we're, we're just working them, developing them helping them where we can and it's just working really great um at the moment we've got um uh, a rapper called barney artist um who's yeah. been with us virtually from the start and you know he's he's just he's just amazing amazing rapper amazing personality you know super talented um so we we're just you know guiding him and we're working as a team it's not him and us um, I feel like we're just working as a whole team. Um, you know, what, whatever music he wants, um, we'll support him. We'll give him, <laughs> he'll probably shout at me for this, but, you know, we'll give him feedback. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably say that I tell him that I hate everything, but <laughs> it's not true. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, the label and the uh, management company is is doing pretty well as well. So you know and that's amazing you get to do it with friends and people you've you know come up in the game with and you get along with and i guess it's interesting what you said about the passion for music because i find that almost by default because we work in the industry and we love music and we love it it's our job we love it your brain sometimes struggles to switch off so yeah. what you said about radio i find happens to me because I'll listen to something and I'll be like, oh, but is that going to sell this? Is this going to do this? Is this going to do that? <laughs> Actually, you just got to enjoy. Like It's, it's hard it to enjoy matter. sometimes, though, because you're now programmed to think from a business um, sense. So you could be watching, I could be watching an advert here and I'll hear the, the music and I'm like, well, how did that artist get a sync for that? And then I'll start looking up you know what what label is that signed to and da, da, da. and i'm just like can i not just enjoy the advert for what the hell it is yeah, yeah. so it kind of takes the passion out of you just being a music fan sometimes um that's true yeah which it which is a shame but that but then i find that sometimes you do find an artist that you're just like oh my gosh 
this artist is amazing and you're literally doing it for the love um and because you really super super believe um in it and and there's different levels to success for each artist i think so um you know when you find something that you're super passionate about it's great it's really good i feel like i found that after i went freelance with an artist yeah. um with my business and when you went with your business i mean what did you what well, who i guess you could name some of the artists or how you find can you hear me can you hear me now yeah Okay, yeah. yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, what did you say? Right. What artist do I work with now? Yeah, what artist do you work with now? And how did you, like, know to get on projects? Were people reaching out to you? How did that, how did the building of the business and the roster and things, how did that go? Because like you said, the first year you were learning, you're spreading your wings, you're figuring it out. And then now you're three years in, I think you said. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah how, how um, did you find that? Well, the first thing I really wanted to do is to keep that relationship with Atlantic Records because um you know it's, it's just to, just a big part of my whole career really um so I was able to uh keep working with Atlantic Records which was great um so I work um you know most things that they have on there in terms of black music um which was great. And then any relation, any additional relationships that I'd built from the other companies within Warner. Um, so it will be uh, companies like ADA, um, Warner Brothers, um, anyone, anyone that had any projects, I would reach Warner out Records to them. now. We're Warner Records. We're Warner, Warner Records. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so Warner, yeah, all all of them kind of, as soon as they found out that I was going independent, a lot of them reached out to me, really, and and just wanted to work with me. Um, the same with ADA or whatever. So, you know, I've been able to work with um, amazing artists such as um, Miss Banks, um, working with her, been working with her for the past couple of years. Um, Naif Smalls, I think, is an amazing um, artist. Um, you know, he's got a massive future ahead of him, um, which is great. Um, 169, um, I work with him. He's a, he's a huge producer, but he also sings as well. So, um, you know, super talented um, guy. Um, so uh, I've been helping him in terms of his project as well um, and then uh, you know what that starts to spread when people yeah. start hearing that you're working with certain people or whatever that just spreads around really so I've had the opportunity to work with the Since 93 guys on quite a few projects so um, currently doing Lowski for them, Amun for them um, yeah. quite a few artists over at Virgin, uh, no, they're called EMI now. Um, <laughs> see, gotta keep up. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I'm working with this um, um, amazing girl um, from the US. Um, I'm starting to work quite a few American things um, from the US this year, 
Um, so I've got this amazing singer-songwriter called um, Victoria Monet, um, hey. who's a Grammy uh, winner uh, with um, uh, Ariana Grande's records. She normally writes a lot of those. So um, I'm working with her um, at the moment. So, so uh, I will either pitch for stuff or stuff will come to me um really so i've been lucky um that i've had a lot of great projects come my way and of course wiley with you which is great well i was gonna go on to that actually because <laughs> wiley our friend our mr madman as he is uh, he's you know, know he'll, i'll show him watch this back while wiley's funny he hits me up every now and again does he? Um, he does <laughs> he does but i think it was amazing because yeah, we should talk about that because I'll tell you why, right? It's a funny <laughs> story and I don't mind saying it because Shams will laugh if he ever hears this. We got Shams. We heard Bosi and we played Bosi, but it didn't have Sean Paul in it. And we're sitting there and we're like, yeah, it sounds like it's a vibe, and, <laughs> but we're not sure. Like, and you know, we're, we're, we're overthinking it. We're questioning it. And big up Shah Grant. We have to big up Shah Grant. She signs that. I went and to school with Shah, by the way. Just saying. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Now, we have to big up Shah Grant because she signs that song. And I don't think anyone saw what what <laughs> what happened with that song happening. Like, I don't think Wiley himself could believe that song was going to go to sell a million copies <laughs> and just be bad, right? So yeah. you're the plugger on Bosi. How how is that? Because we'll lead into my one afterwards. But Bosi, my one comes around because of the job everyone done on Bosi. If Bosi yeah. is not a hit, I know we don't at that time. Yeah, Relentless Records, Shabs, myself, we you know the team. We don't sign that song. But at the time we hear my one, Bosi is motoring like. It is everywhere, every hour, radio adverts. It's mad. So what, what was that like for you, being the plugger of that song? And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always, like, I worked um, wearing my Rolex um, back when really? I was on Asylum via Atlantic. Um, so I've known uh, Wiley and... Uh, manager John Wolf for a very very long time and I think <laughs> so you know I guess we've had that relationship for a long long time so I think when I was when I when I left Atlantic um, you know John got back in touch again and we just started the ball ro rolling with um, some more Wiley songs really so I think I probably worked um, quite a few records before Bosi, and when I when I first heard Bosi, it was just. What, did you just hear the ver version that just had Mucky on it? Was it that one? No, no, I heard Idris and Steph, oh, but you it heard was it? like long Steph verse, long Idris verse. It was just <laughs> yeah. not. It wasn't where it was. I tell you that. That's yeah, my disclaimer. Yeah, right. though. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. See, see, when I heard um, Bosi, um, that just had mucky on it that's the first version that he dropped and um you know we were just like yeah survive it's a vibe it's a vibe and then yeah. song disappeared and then that was it and i was just like okay i'll i'll wait to hear what the next 
Wiley record is. And then John Wolfe and Wiley, the one thing that they do, they never cease to, uh, uh, they just, they just, I can't think of what I was going to say, but they, they literally surprise me every single time with what they do. <laughs> and, and, and they're just like, okay, so now we're at BMG. And, you know, you remember that Bosey record? Um, yeah. It's now got Steph, Sean Paul, um, and Idris on it. And I was like, but that's the record. Didn't you put that out a couple of months ago? I haven't heard from you lot since. Yeah. Um, so when, when I heard that, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for me to work with Shah again. Um, yeah. So... And it just took off into a whole different thing. The one thing that we were waiting for was the video. Yeah. So we were like, do we wait for the video or do we just go with the track and then, you know, just hopefully he'll be in the video in some way or whatever. Um, so we were like, let's just go with the track. And, you know, people from a radio point, you know, people were watching. Is this going to be a big song? Is it not? Weren't really sure. You know, some went, some went with it quite early, but it wasn't. It wasn't an obvious one. Obviously, the Idris thing was, you know, super interesting. Yeah. Um, people in America were talking about it. People all over Europe were talking about it. So we could feel that there was something special in that record. Um, but it was as soon as. I think they worked out that Wiley was not going to be in this the video, so they had to get the kid to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, big up shot John. Is it Brooklyn, I think. I think his name is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, they they just made a, a a genius of a video, and that's when it kind of just shot everywhere. Um, yeah. You know, so we were so so happy. Not sure how happy Wiley was at that time, um, because I think that his his versions of the track um, weren't what they originally were. Um, so, but it worked for us. So, which then, like I said, it, it's a two way thing because that leads to us working together. We had no, I well, yeah, we don't each other. I inspired them for a couple of years, seeing each other in the industry. I always like respected what you did and what you do. And then it was like John's like, Yeah, so Mel's gonna be the plugger on this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I remember and I remember that because and it's something we should actually talk about, which I think will will show the realness because you had to fight to stay on that. I remember that yeah. actually. And I and I and I say this not to damage anyone, but I think to show the realness that sometimes I guess as a freelance person you no no i guess no job is automatic for you is it every every yeah. project is case by case basis and yeah. you're gonna have some people that have radio in-house if they don't have radio in-house they're gonna want to pass it to someone they work with or they get along with other projects whatever it may be um yeah. i remember that discussion because i remember like Half the team were like, "No, nah, we got to keep Bell Rudder on this. Look at the job she's done with Bosi." And mm -hmm. yeah, half the team go, "No, no, no, no. We should use Bible that we used before." And you're like, "All right, no." Like, and then it, I guess it, it stayed with you. You know, yeah. it stayed with you. And that was an amazing launch. 
because I, in my career, had never had a song added to Capital Records, like Capital FM, sorry. Yeah. And we got added to Capital FM. So I have to big you up for that. But even on the launch, I remember going home and I think it was a Friday, whatever. And I was just like, wow, like we got Kiss FM, Capital Extra, I think One Next One Extra. Yeah, and maybe the week after or something, yeah. Yeah, and it just, but it just felt super strong. And I was just yeah. like, wow, like, this is amazing, you know. And that was big for me. And then when we got added to Capital, big up Radio 1, because then it was a bit support for some reason. But <laughs> <laughs> in the end, how, how did you find that, I guess? How did you... I that... guess I've kind of gone into two questions, but I guess it's like, one is sometimes you're staying on projects, you're fighting to stay on projects, and you know, show people what you could do or what you do, etc. And I guess secondly, was it, how did it feel launching that second song at Radio off the back of such a big song with Bosi? Yeah, I, th- I think from, with the first question, um, unfortunately, when you're, when you're freelance and you have your own business, you don't have that support. You're not guaranteed that support and that fight um, from someone um who's going to be backing you you know before it would be like you know my my boss at atlantic would fight for every single record that came in and you know we'll be doing this project in-house um you know so you know that's it end of discussion um so now i had to fight for you know getting records working on records and i had to fight to stay on them um because uh, and uh, you know it's not something that i took personally i think people were people were skeptical they hadn't worked with me before or they hadn't worked with me for a very very long time and that i think that was the problem with that one the person that was kind of overseeing uh the radio stuff and advising of the radio stuff he used to work with me 10 years before or something when I was um, a promotions coordinator or something like that. And when, when somebody see, when somebody works with you in that capacity and they see you as, you know, junior, they, Mm. they can never forget that uh, how they saw you. So for, for, for me, for him, he'd always see me as a junior. It's not fair, but that's that's how he he'd see me. Um, so he he always he was questioning, you know, what appointments I did with radio and you know all this kind. Of, and I'm thinking to myself, hold on, like yeah. <laughs> I've got a radio one pass, you don't. Yeah, uh, I don't care to say that here, but he he. He he just saw me as this junior person and couldn't get. And you had just done Bosi, which sold whatever. Like was on the yeah. playlist. So yeah, so um, that was a battle, and and that's when you know your hopefully your relationships with your with the managers or the artists um, are solid. And I've got a rate, uh, Wolfie, for that one because uh, you know John just put his foot down and said no she's got to do it which is which is amazing that doesn't happen all the time um so i rate him for that and i've I've got to give him give it to him for that so um yeah big up john wolf for that i won't big him up all the time just this time (laughs) um 
but yeah so um and then yeah but uh my one i think because wiley had been in the industry for such a long time um and putting out records and putting out the uh, you know the one on odd record um i think i think there's always been a lot of doubt with Wiley. Yeah. um he is a genius but you know it it it's not every single record is going to work for him and you never know when a flipping record is going to work for him you never know when he's going to release something um so i think you know what what was great is we had two great songs um back to back for the first time in a while um and you know off the back of bosi you know people were still skeptical radio was still quite skeptical about him but i think off the back of bosi because that did so well we were able to have a great launch um with my one so i i was so happy for that um that 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 really made my year having those two records that was a, that oh, was that's amazing for me yeah yeah this only so, made um, it that helped my career <laughs> <laughs> Like after that, all the records came and I was off. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, I got a silver plaque the other day actually. Big up! Hey. Yeah, you should. You need one as yeah, well. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <major laughs> <war>. <laughs> um, No, but that was amazing. And the only reason I asked because it leads me on to the next bit of I wanted everyone to know that it's not just Rosie because I think a part of what we do and what I'm doing with this talk is. A lot of people want to work in the industry in various roles, and a lot of people think it's just sexy. It's glitz, it's glamour, it's it's lovely, and we that work in it know we have to love it to do it because it's not. It's 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 extreme lows, extreme highs, but more lows than highs, yeah. <laughs> and it's tough, and it's a fight every day. It's a yeah. lifestyle. It's twenty four seven. It's you name it. So. I guess you've explained there and shown that it's not it's not like, oh, I'm just going to radio and I get something played and great. Like, there's challenges. There's times when you, that doesn't happen, you know. So I think that's important. And that leads me to the next bit of, if someone wanted to do your job, Mel, what advice would you give them? What advice would you give to someone watching or listening that wants to be a radio plugger or thinks they could be a radio plugger, you know? Being a radio plugger, it's about um, your relationships that you have. Um, so if you've already got those relationships in some capacity, whether, it, you know, there, there are a few um, radio DJs or that I think have the potential to be radio pluggers because they know how radio works. Um, they may know... Um, quite a few radio DJs or um, radio producers already. Um, I think that they have the capacity to. If you don't, it's about experience. It's about mm. getting your foot in the door, getting a mentor. Um, you know, there are, I can't, I don't even know how many radio pluggers there are, but each, each label um has a radio plugger um or three or four um and uh there's lots of independent companies as well if you've got the opportunity to try and do work experience 
with one of them or shadow one for you know a week or something like that you know I think that that's that's a great way in it's it's weird because I didn't know that I wanted to be a radio plugger when I first started I knew that I wanted to be behind the scenes um in music because uh, I wasn't good enough to be on stage so I, I until I actually got into a label um I I, I did have no idea what a radio plugger was and I just fell into that job or there was an opening at the time and I was able to get into that job. If you've got the opportunity to work in a label, you know, there's a, there's an amazing um, person that I work with, you know, she started in um, reception of Warner Music and she started right at the beginning um, just getting to know everybody, you know, speaking to certain people. Actually, I think she's in um, Adenike. Um, <laughs> she, um, you know, she she uh, spoke to as many people as she could, got to know all the different departments, what they did, um, any opportunities to help out those, um, those uh, any artists or anyone that was working maybe A&R or listening yeah. to demos or something like that you know she she just took those opportunities um and I think she then got the opportunity to be a marketing assistant um and she's worked her way up from then so it, it's about getting your foot in the door you know it's about your relationships it's about um getting to know the people that are already in um, to find out and I'm, I'm not mad at the idea if you get into a role but it's not for you mm. you're not feeling it like you know you might come in as a A&R scout or something and then you you're looking and you're just like mm, actually scouting or A&R in is not really for me mm. um, maybe I want to try marketing or um, plug-in or something like that then take the opportunity where you can have those conversations um, where you can really until you're actually in them. It's, it's hard to, um, it's, it's hard to, to work out if you're really going to love it because you, you have to, what I find, what I find important is when you're in this music thing, it's not just about being in this music thing. As, as you said, you've got to love it wholeheartedly because it's not rosy. So if you're not in the right job, if you're not in the right role, you're going to hate it. Yeah. So, so get, you know, get your foot in the door. But if it's not the place that you want to be, I think you can be really open. I think it's, I think it's really important to be really open. You know, I'm, I'm in this assistant job, but I, I, I'm really interested in promotions or I'm really interested in a and r in or whatever. Um, that's what you've yeah. got to do, really. Well, I think you're saying that one well. So we've got one question here that I think I want to get in just before it gets too late. Um, Savannah Jody says, do you feel it is essential to have friends in the industry? What is the best way to make valuable contacts and connections? In brackets, lockdown friendly also. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's um, really important to have friends um, in the in the industry um, in terms of you know that that is your way in a lot of people I don't know how you um, got in Lloyd but yeah. you know if it wasn't for um, my friend who had already started on the street team there I don't know I didn't know anyone in the music industry so I needed somebody to bring me in um, yeah. and you have you have to rely on those people if you don't know anyone at all there are so many panels that happen now there are uh, things like this that you're doing now um, but there's other panels at Ultimate Seminar or um, Access All Areas or, you know, some of those panels that happen, you know, listen to those panels, get on those panels, um, you know, when we're out of lock lockdown, attend those panels, any seminars that happen, workshops like Cyan Anderson does one, um, a great workshop for women, you know, any opportunities to to um, to build those relationships, uh, to get to know those contacts is really important. Really important. I agree. I second that. I think it's about going after it. You know, I, I my first internship was with uh, two guys called Paul Bodie and Chris Nathaniel, uh, two of you records, and they had T2 Heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. And I always, I always laugh with them. They, I had to pay half my travel card, <laughs> my own lunches. Like, I still talk to them now. And listen, it was the best thing ever because they gave me three months of solid training. Like, you know, I I, I could I loved it. And I I think sometimes I find people are scared to start or they they see the end goal too far ahead, you know, and it's like we all have a goal and an end goal, but you gotta make the first step. You know, and sometimes the first step is that reception job. Sometimes it is that internship role that doesn't look good or doesn't look great but it's a step it's a foot in and then the rest is up to you from there you know yeah. so yeah I would say to people how much they want it so but and I, think, uh, I, I also think you know don't don't think that you're going to make money as you've said straight away that yeah. doesn't happen I, I I've never known it to really happen um like that unfortunately you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff unless you're super super lucky um but a, a lot of the people have kind of started on, on work experience and getting expenses paid or you know somebody might buy you lunch or something like that it's about getting your foot in the door so sometimes you're gonna have to sacrifice those parties or something like that um to get to get through um really so all right, wicked. So, well, we time's flown by. We've got a minute left. Hey, <laughs> it's <actually> crazy. Um, <laughs> time's flown by. Thank you so um, much for having me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up. I just want people to know where they can find you if you want to plug where you're at. You know, um, so yeah, my my Insta is three thirty music Insta, um, or um, we salute the sun is our record label and management company. Um, so have a look at what we've got and get in contact. I'm not great on Instagram, I'll tell you that. But, you know, I'll try and get back to messages as and when I can. But um, thank you so much for having me. This is a great platform that you're doing. Um, well done. 
uh, keep yeah, doing it. Thank you so much for joining. And, you know, this is for the next generation. It will be a podcast. It, well, it is a podcast, not will be. So that's on Spotify and Apple now. This will be back for people to watch. And thank you very much, Mel. Thank this you so much. Cut off, so I'll see you later. All right, take care. All right, cheers. Bye.